Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Basketball pulled it. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. All right, everybody, welcome back from your weekend. It is Monday, June 18th. What's going on? We are ready for another week of fantasy baseball. Of course, we're going to talk about the weekend standouts, but I guess I have a question for Heath and Scott. In terms of weekend standouts, were there any? I mean, really? <laughs> well, Friday I, night I, starts the weekend. Yeah, I know. What, what happened Friday night that was so special? Are you kidding? A Yankees pitcher made his debut, and it went well, and that was not the lead of the show? <laughs> Do you, well, okay, fine. Here's the lead of the show. Do you guys know how to pronounce his name? Uh, yes, obviously. Lo Isiga. No, wrong. Uh, um, I'm looking at baseball reference. Yeah, now. well, baseball reference is wrong. Scott? Baseball References off to it wrong on these matters. That's how I, that's what I would have guessed. Loisiga. Loisiga. According to the broadcast. Okay. Loisiga. And he is the third most added player. Who is the most added player in CBSSports.com leagues? I'm gonna guess Domingo Armand. Uh, he should have been fifth. Domingo Armand. He's fifth. Fifth? Yeah. Uh, you guys Dylan Covey. Dylan, Dylan Covey, the cheater. He definitely cheated, Heath. You are right. Dylan Covey is number one. He's a two-star pitcher. It wasn't. It wasn't a weekend full of ads and drops. But look, we had we had Wade LeBlanc. He was great. Um, I get to talk about Ian Desmond soon. That was great. Uh, how was Father's Day, Scott and Heath? Outstanding. It, it was great. It was great. I think Adam. I had since the start of baseball season. I think I had seen only one movie, and I don't. I'm not talking about going to see a movie. I think I had seen one movie in any form since the start of baseball season. I watched five this week because I was granted the permission to go see Infinity War for Father's Day, but I wanted to be prepared. There were some other movies leading up to it that I had missed. So I watched a total of five movies. I'm not even sure how I did it. Probably made sacrifices I shouldn't have made, but I did it. Great. How uh, was Infinity Wars? It was wonderful. It, uh, it was, it was heavy. It was, it was good. It was really good, but it was heavy. Okay. All right. (laughs) And Heath, good stuff? Good Father's Day? Oh, lots and lots and lots of beer. Yeah, lots of, of beer. And Half of my family is out of town right now, so it was just me and my, my 16-year-old son, so I guess more than half the family. So, uh, yeah, he had basketball. I went around and watched uh, high school basketball and drank beer. <laughs> what a weekend. I had a fudgy yeah. whale cake. Those are delicious. And I saw the movie The Big Sick. Uh, which is excellent. I recommend it. The big sick. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. That was, that was good. I, I saw that before baseball season. Adam. Okay. Good. Yeah. I've been, been waiting to watch that one. All right. Let's talk about weekend standouts here. Heath, why don't you give me uh, a standout hitter? Well, I was going to give you a standout pitcher. Right. I'll give you a standout hitter. Delino DeShields might be finally doing what we'd hoped he would do. You know, it's really weird. He missed three weeks on the disabled list. And he's mostly been just absolutely terrible as a hitter. And somehow he's still tied for fifth in stolen bases this year. Had three more over the weekend. Now has eight hits in his last six games, six walks over that same span. His on-base percentage is up to 330, despite the fact that he hasn't hit hardly anything all year. I, I am encouraged by this recent turn from Delano to Shields. Yeah, I'm glad I held on to him in my categories league. 46% owned. Not sure you have to own him in a points league. Because remember, we were saying, even in a points league, you have to own Delano to Shields. 
but he just hasn't hit well enough to justify that. This was a great week for DeShields, though. 25 fantasy points, 17 the week before, which is solid, which is okay. Um, and uh, I think another thing, Heath, is that uh, they moved him. They had a brief stint batting ninth. He's back up to second now in the order, so that's yep. a good thing for DeShields. Scott, you got a standout hitter? I do, and it's it's one I it's one I don't really love, um, but nonetheless he has been really hot of late. And it's Ian Desmond who homered twice Friday. He still has that crazy high ground ball rate that prevents him from taking advantage of Coors Field fully. He's still batting, I think, like two oh five for the year. Two oh nine. Um, two oh nine yeah. for the year. Yeah. Uh, so he's actually gotten hotter. Uh, <laughs> but let me pull up my top 10 sleeper hitters here because there's a stat that's going to blow you away from Ian Desmond. Yeah. And it's this. Ian Desmond, over the uh, past month, he is the 21st high scorer, scoring hitter in standard CBS points leagues. 21st among all hitters yeah. over the past month. And that's his worst format. So, yeah, last 28 days, Desmond is fifth in points, third in, uh, in Roto at first base. And he's doing that with a 274 batting average, seven home runs, only one double. I mean, he really – look, Scott, I, I picked up Desmond because I saw your sleeper hitters calm. I read it every Friday or Saturday night when I'm making my claims. I picked up Desmond. I'm going to start him over Justin Smoke. Uh, he's got seven home games now. He's been much better – Actually on the road, but but against lefties, he's been very good this year. Slugging 597. He's got some lefties yep. on the schedule. After yep. Jacob DeGrom today, it's it's pretty easy stuff for him. So, yeah, Desmond well, is 76% owned and could have been. I hope, I hope for the sake of your team and Scott's sleeper hitter column that he is really good this week. And if he is, you should go get whatever you can for him. He has a 43% <laughs> home run to fly ball ratio. It's probably a bad sign for your future if your home run to fly ball rate is higher than your hard contact rate, and his is like ten points higher. Yeah, no, he he's just not that good anymore. But last twenty eight days, Desmond is a top five first baseman in both formats. It's so weird. he's actually due for a cold streak. I mean, he's this whole season's been a cold streak, <laughs> except for look. Yeah, I, I mean, know. you wouldn't you wouldn't expect two seventy four with his seven home only two thirty. I mean, even last year, as bad as he was, he had a three forty five Babbitt. You know. He's been really bad at home. You gotta figure that, that should turn around a little bit. But alright, we'll, we'll take it week by week with Desmond. The bottom line is this sets up to be a good week for him if you need first base help. Alright, how about standout pitchers? Heath, I know you were ready to, to rock and roll with that. I was ready to rock and roll with hitters and pitchers, but they weren't really standouts from the weekend. Although this one was. Shane Bieber. His yeah. outing looks good. Like five and two thirds, giving up one run, striking out seven. That's, that's very good performance. I think what makes it even more impressive, the Twins put 19 balls in play yesterday. Ten of them turned into hits. A lot of them were just singles. For a pitcher as young as he is, like a lot of times we see, especially with like somebody like Vince Velasquez, things start to go bad and it just all goes haywire. He had some pretty bad luck yesterday and was able to dance around almost all of it. And I think he gets at least one more start and he may get several more. Carlos Carrasco's on the DL. And he, you know, Carrasco got crushed actually. He gave up four runs in an inning and then he got hit by a comebacker. So, um, Bieber could definitely uh, take a spot in the rotation and Bieber's owned in hardly any leagues, like less than 20% owned. So, uh, let me just get his matchup unless you have that. I don't. Okay. I've got it. 
It is Good. Shane Bieber versus uh Detroit this week at home. Start him. 16% owned. Uh, yeah, my concern with Bieber is third time through the order. I, I watched him uh in his major league debut. I didn't see his start yesterday, but he throws a ton of strikes. Remember he came up, he barely walked anyone? And eventually it was like they were just swinging at the first pitch, and they were hitting him kind of hard. But let's start him this week against the, that terrible Detroit team. Uh, Scott, you got a standout pitcher? Yeah, let's let's talk about Jonathan Luizaga because beyond even the stat line, he was impressive. 17 swinging strikes. Uh, there were a few walks in that start Friday, but 17 swinging strikes in his major league debut. And what beyond that, what impressed me is of those 17 swinging strikes, five were on the fastball, seven on the slider, five on the changeup. It's it's sort of the same thing I've been talking about with Domingo Herman, where when these guys come up, usually they have one, maybe two pitches that can really get swinging strikes, and that he has three already, um, that bodes very well, I think. Now, how is it, how is there a long-term opening for him in this rotation? I don't think so. Masahiro Tanaka is supposed to miss weeks. That was the timetable the Yankees gave with the hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. So there's probably at least a few starts here, and it's possible he could, uh, it's possible he could overtake Domingo Herman, frankly, as much as I like Herman and would not like to see that happen. Or there's a chance Sabathia gets hurt or whatever else. So uh, definitely somebody I'm interested in picking up. Loizaga has Seattle at home this week. That's a lot tougher than Tampa Bay at home. Starter sit Loizaga. I mean, I don't know that I'd start him for a one-start week. I, I don't know that I would Bieber either. I, I just may have... A different cutoff there than you guys, but uh, I don't think it's crazy to start him either. About, I'd rather start Bieber than Loisaga. All right. H- how about this for Loisaga? He walked four batters in 45 innings in the minors this year. He walked four batters in five innings on Friday night. Yeah. And the reason he walked the batters, Aaron Boone said it, he was missing just off the plate, and Boone said those are pitches that minor league hitters chase, major league hitters don't. But it still was a good start. Yeah, he actually throws 97 miles per hour. I was pretty – uh Surprise! I hadn't heard of him before the Tanaka injury, and uh, he's got good stuff. But yeah, it's probably a short-term thing, as Scott mentioned. All right, uh, I'll I'll nominate Wade LeBlanc, guys. I just want to know how you feel about him. He's at Boston this week. Can't do well against Boston, right? Oh, seven two-thirds scoreless, two hits, nine strikeouts against Boston this past weekend. He's got a two sixty-three ERA. Uh, this was his first start of more than six innings, but LeBlanc is twenty-six percent owned. He was certainly a standout this weekend. Any interest in Wade LeBlanc? I don't understand what's making him good. <laughs> I, I, I know even before this start, Al, Al Melchior, our friend Al Melchior was expressing, uh, interest in him and was saying you need to pick him up in case he has a good start against Boston, which he obviously did. Uh, but Al is the master at coming up with reasons to like players that I don't even see. I just wish I knew what the reasoning was because I don't see it. Yeah, the reasoning for his great start, uh, you know, I think according to Scott Service, is that his changeup was awesome. This guy, he does not throw 90 miles per hour. I think we're all going to have trouble trusting a righty who throws soft and doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, right? What if I told you he was actually a lefty? Oh, the, that makes a little bit of a difference, actually, to me. But. Maybe a little bit, but <laughs> I mean, everything, like all the all the non, you know. If you're if you're not looking at the the um, 
result stats, the, the traditional stats that measure a pitcher, which are obviously better. He has lower ERA, uh, lower whip, all of that. But everything else looks basically like the pitcher he's always been. So I don't know. There has, I feel like there has to be some underlying change to explain the ERA and, and there isn't that I'm seeing. Okay. Uh, Maybe I'm not looking deep enough. I don't know. Well, I mean, a lot of it is he's stranded almost 90% of the runners that have reached base. So, yeah. So, look, I, I don't sense that anybody here is really gung-ho to go add Wade LeBlanc, right? No, no. All right. There are a ton of pitchers that I want to talk about today. So I, I, I think I'm going to make it a priority to talk about Madison Bumgarner and what he said after his latest start. Uh, Jake Junis, who's now given up 18 home runs. Most of them have come in four starts. Uh, I mean, that's just the, the tip of the iceberg. Luis Castillo, 76% on. I, th- I thought about picking up Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler, uh, he's been very, very good over his last six starts. Walk-to-strikeout ratio is pretty good. Uh, we'll see if you have any interest in him. See if it, Kyle Gibson is 49% owned. Kyle Gibson is a 327 ERA, and he's 49% owned. He has a uh, strikeout per inning. So a lot of advanced stats on him that I'd like to talk about. Uh, are we ready to drop John Gray? Another bad start in a good matchup on the road. Uh, we will get to all of that. I want to know who you guys added and dropped. I do want to tell you about Sportsline. Sportsline.com. Just go there, check it out. There's some free stuff, but there's it's a pay site. And it's 10 bucks a month, which is pretty low for a site that's going to give you great gambling advice. You can make up that money pretty quickly. But there's also some fantasy content on there. And if you just want to give it a shot for one buck for your first month, go to Sportsline.com. And use the code PITCH when you join, when you sign up. The code is PITCH for $1 for your first month, and then it goes back to the normal rate. But the normal rate is still pretty inexpensive, just 10 bucks a month. Sportsline.com, and use the promo code PITCH. All right, I'll go through my ad drops real quick. I dropped Ken Giles. I picked up Felipe Vasquez in, a, in our podcast points league, 12-team head-to-head points. Giles got the save, I think, on Monday, and Rondon got the save yesterday. And uh, Giles pitched the eighth. So I don't know if that means that Rondon is the closer, but I know it means that <laughs> in a shallow league, I I can't keep starting Ken Giles. It's just yep. if I need to win now, I can't do it. So Yeah, I, I don't know that Hector Rondon is the closer. Like, I don't think there is a closer, frankly. I think, I think them and the Phillies are legitimately closer by committee right now. And basically, and it's been pretty much that all season. Uh, but obviously Giles and Hector... Neris's inconsistencies have pushed him even more that direction. I added another guy on Scott's uh, sleeper hitters list, Justin Bohr, dropping Jorge Soler, who's going to be out a while with a fractured foot. That was a 14-team head-to-head points league. If you just want a first baseman this week, do you like Justin Bohr, who's at Colorado for four games, or Ian Desmond? Uh, I have Bohr ranked higher. So. I'll take Bohr. Okay. <laughs> I have him second, and I think Desmond's fourth or fifth on the top ten sleepers for this week. And I think I'm going to start Derek Rodriguez. We talked about this on Friday. I'm going to give him a go in a two-start week against the Padres and the Marlins at home. Derek Rodriguez, I added him. I dropped Max Kepler in a 12-team Roto League. It's just not not happening for Kepler right now. But all right, one one week shot on Derek Rodriguez. Let's give it a shot. And uh, guys, who else? Uh, interesting ad drop, Scott White. Well, because I was busy watching Marvel movies this <laughs> weekend, I didn't do my usual. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't go full bore with the ad drops this week. And I, I basically made sure Domingo Herman was owned in all my leagues. And I think there was one where he wasn't. So that was, that was really my only move. Okay. That explains why I was able to add Max Muncy in our head to head 
league that has weekly transactions. Ah. So I did add him, and then I added uh, I added Corey Dickerson in a spot just because I had to replace Miguel Cabrera and didn't really see anybody else in the waiver I liked. We still have not – I did not add this guy, but we still haven't talked about the guy that I led waiver wire with today. Hit me with it, sir. Tom Murphy. Yes. He has yes, caught, starting. I believe, six of seven games, five of six games since coming up from the minor leagues. Um, and, are you but, sure? I had him at four of six with, with a DH. He DH'd one game. Okay, so he's, but he started. Yeah, five of six starts, caught four of six. I, I, th- okay. I'll double check that for you. Six of seven. Six of six. six of seven is what Scott White yeah. says. So five Regardless, it's whether, it's five of six, six no, of seven. It's five of six. I'm sorry. He no, it is. Yeah, it's five of six. The right. Rockies, in my opinion, I expect him to be predominantly the Rockies starting catcher. If you are the Rockies starting catcher, you are fantasy relevant. And he's still, like, he's 27 years old. He is past all the hype that he ever had before 2016, but he hit a ton of home runs in the minor leagues this year. I think he had 16 and 49 games. There's yep. big upside there. He's been a triple A monster for like three years in a row. And uh I guess it was defensive concerns why the Rockies didn't give him a chance, or just the Rockies being the Rockies, as we've seen with other young, exciting players this year. Apparently, they just don't like using those guys. But they've come around on Tom Murphy, it seems, finally. Right. I think that's a fine pickup. And so he has, he has started five of six games. He has caught four of six games. He DH'd one. And I think what's encouraging is you look at two games at uh, – three games at Texas – he was in the lineup all three games. He started two of those three when they could have just DH'd him if they didn't want him to play catcher. Uh, and one of the games they DH'd Ionetta. So, um, yeah, Murphy, look, at the very least, maybe he gets a batting average. He's batting 300 right now. Well, what would you expect him to contribute more, in batting average or home runs, Tom Murphy? I would expect home runs. Yeah. Okay. Then That's really I said. <laughs> all I expect him to be a good contributor in, honestly. Okay. But at catcher, that's enough. Like, he could be, he could be another Avin Gaddis. Uh, would you rather have John Hicks or, or Tom Murphy? Hicks for, still for now, but just barely. Okay. Yeah. So the most added list is really not that interesting. Uh, Dylan Covey, Mike Montgomery, Jonathan Loizaga, John Hicks, Domingo Erman, Yolisha Seen is a two-star pitcher this week. Brian Anderson. Brian Anderson must have good matchups if Justin Bohr has good matchups, so he's 74% owned. Scott, Brian Anderson? He's on the top 10 sleepers hitter sleeper hitters list i don't see a lot of sustainability to what he's doing uh but like over the last month he's hitting 350 that was a very high babbit not a lot of power uh, i don't think you're going to want to hold on to him forever and ever but he's you know five seven games four course field that's that's pretty good that's brian anderson tyler anderson heath is also on the most added list and he has great matchups but they're both at home for for tyler anderson for colorado He's got the Mets and the Marlins at home. He's 43% owned. Would you take a shot on Tyler Anderson this week? I would I would be very, very hesitant, even with two starts, even in a points league, to, to go with two starts at Coors Field. I just – like there's a chance one of them is really good and the second one doesn't erase it, but I that's not the type of move that I'd want to make. Okay, more on the most out of this, Seth Lugo. So, yeah, I don't know about Seth Lugo. Syndergaard's making progress. I'm assuming Lugo gets another turn, but uh, I don't know how many. Yeah, Syndergaard hasn't even resumed a throwing program yet, so he's feeling better, but he's not doing anything yet, I don't think. Correct. And Cespedes is 
is not as far along as Syndergaard, so there's that. Uh, Andrew Suarez, two good start, two good matchups this week. Jaime Berea is on the most added list, and he is getting Arizona and Toronto at home. Starter sit Jaime Berea, Arizona and Toronto at home. I'll start him. Okay. Yep. Cattell Marte is on the most added list. So this one, I don't know. I don't understand. Is he doing well lately? Uh, Chris Towers wrote about him, I think, on Thursday in Waiver Wire. He is hitting the ball in the air a lot more recently. He's hitting the ball hard. I, I don't know what the results have been recently, but it, it must have well, been something good or, or Chris wouldn't have written about him. Last three weeks, right? We're, we're only in week 12. We're only going into, yeah. Okay. This is one of those leagues where tech, officially we're in week 13, going into week 13 now. This is one of those leagues that combine the first week into, um, oh, one of those, the, one of those, those first crazy four days leagues. into week one. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, I got confused there. But basically, over the last three weeks, Cattell Marte has 78.5 fantasy points, so about 25 per week. That's great. That's very hot. Very hot, Cattell Marte. And I think that makes sense at shortstop that he'd be – look, he's still less than 50% owned, but it makes sense that enough fantasy owners would have interest in him to put him on this list. Uh, I gotta tell you something that Heath Cummings has been doing lately. He's been posting a lot of drafts on the draft app. How have they been going, Heath? You know, that's a good question. I should look at the results and see. I know the first night I, uh, placed in two of three. The only one I didn't was the one that you were in, but I didn't finish last because you were in it. <laughs> that's uh, true. We were, we were both last. We were fourth and fifth. I believe, yeah, um, looks like I, uh, won nine dollars. Hey! First in one, second in another, and then last in the third on Friday. I'll, I'll post some more today. Good, good stuff. It's so fun. It's just really easy and fun. And if you like fantasy baseball and you like snake drafts, there's no reason not to play on the draft app, and there's no reason not to use the promo code FB today. FB today when you sign up. When you do that, you get a free entry into a real money baseball draft, so you can just kind of test the waters. And you can also follow me when you use that promo code FB today. So follow me. I am at Big Kane Two, B I G C A N E Two. Heath is uh, CBS Heath on the draft app. And look, we're we're really having a great time doing it. It's pretty stress free stuff. You can play for a lot of money if you want. I don't play for a lot of money. I play for a little bit of money. But uh, you get your cold hard cash. You get paid out the next day. And the drafts start from just $1. No waiver wire, no trades, no vetoes, no annoying owners in your league, no annoying commissioners. Just uh, draft the team, set a lineup, set it and forget it. And it's only five players. You know, you get a pitcher, two infielders, two outfielders. Simple stuff. Go on the draft app right now, everybody. Really, really fun. I know you're going to like it. Or go to draft.com. Use the promo code FB today. Bullpen stuff. Scott kind of alluded to it with the Phillies. They don't have a set closer. Hector Neris got the save on Saturday. He was then terrible on Sunday when Jake Thompson came in and got a one-out save. But that's a fluid situation. Uh, certainly, Hector Neris is not a must own In fact, he got his first save since May 21st. Uh, I, I think the top reliever to own in the Phillies bullpen is Sir Anthony Dominguez. And I... I said it on one of last week's show. I think he's going to end up leading the Phillies in saves, and I don't think that means he's going to be a traditional closer. I just think they'll they'll use so many different pitchers in that traditional closer role that the Sir Anthony Dominguez come in in the eighth inning and finish out the game 
he'll collect more saves that way than any other reliever. And obviously he's good. So I do think that Ryan Tapera has a little more security, even though Tyler Clippard, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Cause Clippard was ha- having a good, Clippard got the first shot and he mm-hmm. blew it. And then he got a save on Saturday, Clippard, his third save after Tapera got a save on Friday. But Clippard, but Tapera was available on Saturday. They went to Clippard instead. And then, you know, I looked at Clippard's numbers. He was doing very well in June. And then he was terrible on Sunday. And Tapera came in in relief of him and got the win. I, I do yeah. think Tapera has some security there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what was up Saturday because I was trying to figure that out too. And Clippard on Sunday when he was terrible, he wasn't being used like, a, you know, he was being used before the ninth inning. So yeah. clearly they weren't saving him for that closer. Appearance, um, and Tapera pitched the ninth. So I would, I would say Tapera, like I'd rather have Tapera than Hector Neris right now for sure. Okay. Robert Gazelman got the save. Javis Familia pitched the eighth. That was him coming off the DL. He gave up three runs and three hits and a run to Familia, but Familia is the closer there. Uh, are you guys worried at all about Brad Boxberger or Wade Davis losing their jobs? I, you have to be a little concerned about Brad Boxberger because uh, there's been two other relievers in that bullpen. We were both in the mix for saves in spring training, Archie Bradley and um, the other guy. Yeah, Hirano. <laughs> What's his name again? Hirano. Hirano, yes, thank you. They've both been better than Boxberger has this season. But Boxberger hadn't been bad until this Sunday outing that was so bad it completely blew up his ERA, raising it from 255 to 391. I don't think this is the, like, he loses his job right now, but he's probably on thin ice now and better convert two or three saves in a row here. And Archie Bradley has really been used more traditionally as a one-inning guy. Uh, so, Toronto and Bradley, if you're, I guess, looking to speculate, but it, it's a little premature. Heath Blake Parker came in, uh, on Sunday, leading, fi- leading 5-3 in the ninth, and he was bad. He gave up two runs, uh, in, in thir- a third of an inning. What do you make of Blake Parker's struggles? It's like, we kind of started to buy in, and maybe Blake Parker's going to be good, and I don't, like, I don't, I, th- I still think he is going to be the primary closer for the Angels, but he's now done enough recently to where I don't feel comfortable with him getting a majority of the saves. Sergio Romo got a save on Sunday. We're not really, you know, we don't really care that much, but he does have three of the last four saves for Tampa Bay, so maybe we should care a little bit more. Romo's not owned in a lot of leagues. And um, Hunter Strickland got the save on Sunday. Mark Melanson pitched the eighth. And Hector Rondon, we already talked about that situation there. Alrighty, news and notes. Carlos Carrasco on the DL with an elbow contusion. Did not see a timetable, but it's not a serious injury. So hopefully he's back soon. But I, I mean, again, I don't think we, I don't want to just overlook how bad Carrasco was. You know, and I know everybody laughs at me for my theories on him, but, uh, four runs. It was a bad out. outing. But like, the thing is, he was so good in the previous two. Like, I think you just got to take the good with the bad and. Like well, you, that's you not, can't uh, understate how good he was in the previous two outings. But you can't he understand how more... bad he was in some of the outings before that. He's had like I four understand. or five terrible starts this year. He's a rich man's Vince Velasquez this year. He's a poor man's Mas- He's a rich man's Tanaka. Or, or maybe a rich man's Dylan Bundy. 
I guess. But Bundy had like a three-start stretch in a row where he was just awful. And then, you know, most, other than that, he's yeah. been pretty good. Carrasco, you can't figure it out. You know? Um, well, I, I think you just always start him. Yeah. And stop trying to figure it out. You always start him, but is he just going to I mean, be every one of those... pitcher's going to have bad starts now, and then his have been a little more frequent. But, like, there, there are few pitchers. There are maybe two dozen, maybe not even that many pitchers who can do what he's capable of doing in his good starts. He has had six terrible starts this year. That's amazing. You know, that that's too many for Carrasco. All right, back to the news and notes. Uh, Mike fulton is on the DL. So actually, Mike Soroka is on the most added list, 72% owned. Do we know a timetable for fulton triceps tightness? No, it, I don't think it's – it wasn't considered serious at the time. And with Tehran coming off the DL, they had a situation where they weren't sure who they were going to remove. So I think that it was probably just an abundance of caution thing, giving them more time to figure out who's the odd man out in this rotation. Evan Longoria could miss six to eight weeks after hand surgery. So I was hoping that Alan Hansen would start at third base. I'm not sure it won't be Pablo Sandoval. He's actually hitting pretty well. Uh, Hansen is not, but we will uh, we'll see. Jorge Soler fractured his toe, as I mentioned. It was his foot. Uh, the Angels got a rash of DL stints now. Zach Cozart, Garrett Richards, Nick Tropiano all on the DL. Uh, the Mariners have won 22 one-run games in their first 70 games of the year. That is an MLB record. Like, Heath, does that stat, 22 one-run wins, and uh, Edwin Diaz has, has like 26 saves or something like that. Do you want to try to trade Edwin Diaz? I just don't know what... Like, I expect Edwin Diaz is going to be good. I don't think he'll be this good. I don't think the Mariners will continue winning one-run games at this clip because teams just don't do that. Um, but at the same time, I don't know what you're trading Edwin Diaz for that's going to be a significant upgrade. I, I can't see a situation where you're trading him for another reliever straight up in a deal that makes sense for both teams. So I'm, I'm probably just holding him and accepting the fact that it's not going to be this good the rest of the year. You know what's crazy? I was looking at a team where I own. I was looking at one of my teams this weekend, and Edwin Diaz. It's a points league team, so you know, not not one where you think closers are as valuable normally. He's the highest scoring player on this team, which means he's the he's a he's scored more than Mookie Betts this year. <laughs> Unbelievable! All right, yeah. now obviously that can't last like Keith was saying but, but basically I co-signed everything Keith was saying okay great uh we got Freddie Peralta oh Freddie Peralta is going to start for Milwaukee on Tuesday he's actually listed as a two-star pitcher what do we think about Freddie Peralta guys I, I hope, I hope he is a two-star reluctant. pitcher yeah I'm reluctant to use him even if he is just because those after the great debut against I think it was the Padres right um, no, it was the Rockies. It was in it was Colorado. Rockies. Rockies. Okay. Well, okay. A bad hitting team in a good hitting park. Um, yeah, it was ugly the next two times he got an opportunity, and he has a lot of control issues, and I'd, I'd just rather not. All righty. Freddy Peralta would rather not. Uh, the Braves sent Luis Gohara down to AAA. He's going to be a starter there. Milwaukee reliever Adrian House barfed on the mound twice yesterday and still pitched through it. Good for you, Adrian House. <laughs> uh, Hernan Perez started for Orlando Arcia. If you're in an NL only league, you might, might see some more at bats for Hernan Perez. 
And there is a resumption of a suspended Yankees and Nationals game today. And I think the stats for that entire game are going to count this week. Or no, 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 just the stats for the resumption. Yeah. They're not going to go back to the previous scoring period or anything. But they're playing like an extra four innings or something today. I don't even know what time that starts. I'm going to have to look that up. All right, some day-to-day issues. Brett Gardner sat with knee soreness. Brandon Crawford, you probably want to sit him. He's only going to get half a week for you. Uh, he's on paternity leave. Brandon Crawford's going to miss three days. Whit Merrifield has a bruised knee. Javier Baez was hit by a pitch on the elbow. None of these seem too serious. And Matt Adams has missed two straight games with a hand injury. And Daniel Murphy uh, started each of the last two games at, at first base. Uh, there's no DH this week for the Nationals. Are we avoiding Daniel Murphy? Who's sitting him? He's, he hasn't. I think you got to sit him, right? He hasn't been very good. Well, I mean that that probably gets into: Do you have a middle infield spot to fill or not? I would imagine most people who had been without Daniel Murphy until last week have a pretty good alternative at second base, and in those cases, they'd probably want to sit him. Okay, and uh, we are going to say. Two, Will Myers could be back this week. Anybody going to start Rich Hill this week at the Cubs? Nope. Nope. And Elvis Andrews could be back today. How exciting. That is very exciting. That's good. All right, so look, guys, I got a whole bunch of hitters that I listed here. Give you a few minutes. Tell me if anybody has really stood out to you. The double dongers were Castellanos. Jan Herbert Solarte has been hitting very well lately. Ray Muto, Randall Gritchick, Eric Thames, Justin Bohr, we already mentioned, Ian Desmond. Um, yeah. Got, got a lot of, a lot of hitters from over the weekend. Heath, you want to kick it off? Anybody really stand out? You can go, uh, go through the list. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I, I'm probably still low on Yonher Everstalarte. He has been very good lately and for the year he's been better than expected. Castellanos. I don't know. Like, I can't move him into my top 12 third baseman, so he just kind of sits there in the 13 to 17 range and goes up or down depending on who I've moved ahead of him or behind him. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, those are all, all the, the 13 to 17 range third base is pretty good. Uh, that's probably about where I have him too. I want to talk about Eric Thames and Randall Gritchick here because Gritchick seems like he's been coming around since coming off the DL. His, his numbers still look horrible because the season got off to that slow start. And I don't know that there's really a chance for him to break in as a, a worthy standard mixed league player. But deeper categories, leagues where you need power help, he seems like he could be useful there. Eric Thames has started three of five games since returning. And one of the two that he sat was against a righty. So Aguilar... Lar seems to be getting priority over him. Ryan Braun still seems to be getting priority over both. But it's 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 still very messy. I do think um I do think there's not much room for Domingo Santana to contribute anymore. Okay. And then some other hitters. Brian Dozier's batting fifth now. They moved him down in the order. He homered on Friday and then did nothing Saturday and Sunday. John Jay. Heath John Jay Last 28 days, he is the number 12 outfielder in points leagues, number 16 in Roto. Jonathan Jay leading off for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, that's uh, that's super exciting. 
Everybody should definitely go add John Jay. <laughs> if you look at the last 28 days and you look at the top like 25 outfielders, John Jay is basically the only one that's available. Like I saw Derek Dietrich in a lot of leagues. Derek Dietrich might be available, but he's uh standing out in that regard. He's just a lot of batting average and a lot of runs. He scored 20 runs over the last 28 days. That's among the league leaders. I mean, this is this is what John Jay has always been, right? Like if you haven't been interested in John Jay before, there's no reason to be interested in him now. And if I think you have, then you should. Right. He he's a I still think he's a short-term fix as well. They've got several injured outfielders. I I don't expect 2 months from now he or 6 weeks from now he's an everyday player. Okay. Sorry John Jay. Nicest guy in baseball, but you're not going to be fantasy relevant. <laughs> Michael Taylor stole four bases on Sunday. Eduardo Escobar hit three doubles on Sunday. Billy Hamilton stole two bases on Sunday. All good stuff. Matt Duffy. Somehow Eduardo Escobar's extra base hit pace since we last talked about how he was on pace for more than Mike Trout has gone up. So is the doubles pick. He's on pace for 71 doubles now. Oh, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> would that be an MLB record? Somebody. I would imagine so. I don't know the record off the top of my head. Why not? But I cannot, I cannot recall a guy even having 60 in a season, much less 70. And I don't think he's going to get 70, but he's going to have a ton, obviously. All right, I'm going to I, I let something slip through the cracks earlier since you mentioned some uh, deeper league steals guys. With Jorge Soler going on the disabled list and probably missing two months, Alberto Mondesi is getting another shot with the Royals. He's still just 22 years old, has 31 steals over his last 100 minor league games. He's a deep league again. Okay. Thank you, Heath. And uh, we, on this podcast, we are very pro-Roku. Roku is awesome. I watch Roku. Uh, I watch something on my Roku basically every single day. Go to roku.com to learn more and to start streaming today. You're, if you're tired of cable, Roku is your solution. Streaming players start at just $29.99 for the basic player, or you can spring for the higher-end players with stream in 4K with HDR. Roku.com, R-O-K-U.com, and it's great for sports fans. Baseball fans, this is awesome, okay? You can download any of the professional sports league apps if you have a subscription. They're all available on the Roku platform. You can stream it right to your TV. If you don't have a premium subscription, you can still watch your local teams uh, with apps through many cable providers, and you can watch them live. And, of course, movies, TV shows, more than 500,000 of those across free and paid channels on Roku. So I have two Rokus. If you don't have one, you're missing out. R-O-K-U.com. Get a Roku, everybody. Just makes too much sense. All right. I got a, I got an update on the doubles. Yeah, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna guess, players. I'm gonna guess there's more than, yeah, 72 would not be a record, whatever it was. 72 would be a record. Oh the, wow. The record is 60, 67 by Earl Webb in 1931. Six players have had 60 or more in a season. The total, the highest number that anybody might who, who's listening to this podcast might remember is Todd Helton and Todd Helton had 59 in 2000 and Carlos Delgado had 57 also in 2000. Ah, cool. So pitchers, yeah, I don't remember anybody's had 60. Pitchers, pitchers, pitchers. Here we go. Are you ready to drop John Gray? He gets the Marlins at home this week. I am not ready to drop John Gray. I don't think he's an easy start against the Marlins as, as good as that, as that matchup is. He's kind of in the same territory as Luis Castillo where you just see so much 
potential, so much swing and miss ability that, that he's got to be so close to putting it together. And you'd hate to um, allow that allow somebody else else in your league to benefit from that. Heath, are you ready to sit any of these guys? Patrick Corbin at Pittsburgh, Jake Arrieta against St. Louis, Carlos Martinez at Milwaukee. Patrick Corbin at Pittsburgh, Jake Arrieta against St. Louis, and Carlos Martinez at Milwaukee. I guess I won't say that I am definitely 100% starting all three of these guys this week, but I'm not actively looking to sit them either. Uh, Carlos Martinez, holy cow. 18 walks in 12 and two-thirds since coming off the DL against two cake matchups out of three. Miami at the Reds and the Cubs at home. Uh, at Milwaukee this week, like, I would, I think I would start Derek, Mar- Derek Rodriguez over Carlos Martinez. I would not. Scott? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'd go that far. Obviously the matchups are good for Rodriguez, but I, I, I think I'm pretty close to saying Carlos Martinez is unstartable this week. I, I don't know that I can start Jake Arietta. I mean, he's got a 790. Honestly, any pitcher with 49 strikeouts in 73 innings, is someone that should not be owned. I mean, it's just pedigree for him. And I get that. I don't know that I'd have the guts to drop Arietta, but... It's not, not just pedigree. I mean, obviously he had a great ERA till these last three starts. He still does. Yeah, he's got a 333 yeah. ERA, but... Fair enough. My God, he's and, just not that good anymore. And you know I've been predicting doom for Jake Arietta basically all season. It may be happening now. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's been such a disaster in his last three starts that he's unstartable, though. Yeah, the the thing that, like, I don't think Jake Area w- was as good. I don't think he's a top 25 starting pitcher. But he is doing the things that you have to do if you're not going to have very many strikeouts. His hard contact rate against is just 26%, which is right at his career norm. His ground ball rate this year is up to 56%. So I don't think... With this low of a strikeout total, he can be a even probably top 35. Mm-hmm. But I also think he should be owned and started on a pretty regular basis because of those other numbers. Okay. So St. Louis at home this week for Arietta. Uh Oh, are you ready to sit Bryce Harper? No. Oh, no? no. Okay, well. No. Let me, let me tell you, over his last 35 games, Bryce Harper's batting 179. And if you look at his last 35 games, and no, I'm not ready to sit him either. I'm, I'd never sit him. But it's just, just a crazy stat. You look at his last 35 games and give him a 162-game pace, he hit 179 with 33 home runs, which is great, 223 strikeouts, and only 56 walks. He's not walking anymore. It's kind of – he's just in a deep funk. And actually, there's been a lot written about it. We had a good story on our website. He's grounding, he's hitting more ground balls, and he's pulling all of them. And he's being really victimized by the shifts right now. So, Harper's just, he's in a real funk. Yeah. His ground ball rate is actually lower than, I think he's, one year in his career, he's had a lower ground ball rate than this. The pull percentage is very high. The pull percentage, right, right. Um, but, you know, pulling ground balls is something hitters often do when they're in a slump. I think the fact that Bryce Harper has a 212 BABIP tells me everything I need to know about whether or not this is legit. Well, no, because it's it's he's hitting into the shift a lot. 212 is pretty low, but uh, 212. 
But when he homers, he homers so much, and if he's just gonna, if he's just gonna ground the ball into the shift, he might be a low Babbitt guy in that scenario. Yeah, he could be going to, but why, why do you think he's gonna do that all year? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't wanna, you know, it's just kind of interesting what's happening with him right now, but no, nobody's sitting Bryce Harper. I do think, Adam, like, the low Babbitt thing could be a thing because of the shift, and you, we have evidence, like 2016, he had a 264 Babbitt and only hit 243. So, but I'm, like, there's but usually no way. he's like a 360 Babbitt, you know? But you know what's so, 350, so odd about Harper? It, I think like we all see the talent and he's one of the best players, but I don't think his career numbers really back that up. In fact, I would say for sure his career numbers don't really back that up. He's, he's, he's only had one great season. I mean, he has an 896 career OPS. That's, he walks that's really, I, I would say he's had two great seasons. Last year was obviously shortened by injury, but that and, and his MVP 2015 were both uh, close to best hitter in baseball type seasons. How does he have a 896? What did you say? 896 career OPS. He does? Uh, last year it was over 1,000. Well, that does help. Yeah, I mean, those like, two years. He was awesome really, last year. Yeah. He's had, yeah, he yeah. He, he, you know, the thing is, his, his OBP is so high. So. Well, he had a 595 slug last year. He's had two, he's had one season with 30 home runs, which is surprising for someone who's considered the best hitter, one of the best players in baseball. That he is, obviously would have exceeded that last year if he stayed healthy. I know, but. 29 I, and 111 games. I know, but I, I do think that's all part of it, you know? It's just. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I totally get among the players we routinely draft in the first round he is probably the most frustrating although Clayton Kershaw probably has a case to be made there too now uh, I don't know that we're going to draft Clayton Kershaw in the first round after this year but Harper I think we still will okay so here are some of the studs being studs Dallas Keuchel Royals also 12 ground balls and one fly ball I believe for Keuchel in this start Ross Stripling Another great star for Stripling. He's got a 176 ERA, 11 walks, and 78 strikeouts in 66 and a third. And he's had some pretty good matchups, but still, Stripling's been amazing. Uh, Jack, Jack Flaherty was good. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez has been good. So how would you rank those top four? Keuchel, Stripling, Flaherty, Eduardo Rodriguez. Those first four in this group, not top four. Keichel, Flaherty, Stripling, Rodriguez. I think I would put Rodriguez second, but they're all good. Like, I, I actually think Keichel, he needs to rank first in terms of roster ability. I mean, which is a weird way of putting it because they're almost done. But my point is I think Keichel is the least startable right now, uh, even though he probably has the uh, – the best chance of scoring the most rest of season. He has the Royals again this week, right? Yeah, he's he's extremely startable this week just because he's got the Royals. Again. Yeah. Um all right, more studs being studs. Julio Tehran. You know, he's well rested. He was throwing harder. His velocity was up. Eleven strikeouts mm-hmm. against San Diego. He did not give up a hit in six innings. And uh Sean Newcomb also took advantage of San Diego. Tyler Skaggs <laughs> was great. Tyler Skaggs is a 281 ERA. Uh, and Sean Mania was pretty good this week, and he said mentally he made some strides, Sean Mania. He's had, he's been fighting some mental issues in his latest starts. It's a confidence thing for him. Do of that, do with that what you will, but that's just what he said. 
yeah, so what do you make of that group of Tehran, Newcomb, Skaggs, and Manaya? Tehran's been it's it's he's kind of been he's been difficult to figure out this year because he looked really good at times and really bad at others. I think he was saying he when he went on the DL it was for a jammed thumb, but he said at the time that there'd been some kind of shoulder thing that'd been going on all year. I think it was shoulder or elbow. Something something with his arm had been bothering him all year and that kind of was explaining the drop in velocity. And obviously like you said, Adam velocity was much better after the, that little break. Uh, I'm sure San Diego, the matchup contributed to this outing, but uh, if if you take the combination of normal velocity from Tehran and add it into the improvements he made in the slider this season from past seasons, I think there's a chance he gets back to being a, a top 40 type starting pitcher. So we'll see if he can keep the velocity up. Heath, do you think Tyler Skaggs is is basically a must start pitcher? Yeah, I mean, he probably is. Um, the hard thing is, like, I think he's a must-start pitcher in daily leagues. I don't know as, as a one-start pitcher each and every week that I'm going to say he's must-start because there are certain matchups that I wouldn't start him against. But he's he's been really good. All right, let's look at the studs being duds and tell me if there's anyone here that that concerns you. Gio Gonzalez, Aaron Nola, James Paxton, Tanner Roark, Charlie Morton, who has now walked 11 in 15 innings in his last three starts, Kyle Hendricks, and Michael Waka. Again, the names are Gio, Nola, Paxton, Roark, Morton, Hendricks, Waka. Heath, does anyone concern you there? I'm not going to say that anyone concerns me. I do think that Waka maybe doesn't necessarily belong in this group, and this is the type of outing that can happen to him, but I still think he's going to be more of like a Tanner Roark, I guess. I still think he's going to be somebody you start more often than not. The rest of these guys, I'm I'm not really that worried about. I think you got to be a little concerned about the walks for Morton. I'm not so concerned that I'm like benching him or anything. But that's that is a really ugly trend that's developed here recently, and I could see it being something that even proves either proves to be a precursor to injury or um, you know takes him down a peg. Okay. Career 3.4 walks per nine for Charlie Borden. He's at 3.6 right now. It was way, it was well below that before this three-star stretch. And I guess the guy I'm worried about is Gio Gonzalez. Cause you just wondered when his ERA was going to catch up with his whip. Well, Gio's had two really bad starts in a row. And he's got a 135 whip this year. So he's always, like last year was just like, guy, he's been so lucky. He's been so lucky. He's been so lucky. It continued the entire season. You wonder if uh, the luck is running out um, for Geo. Too many base runners. All right, studs being something in between studs and duds. Oh, let's talk about Madison Bumgarner and Alex Wood and Jose Quintana and Zach Godley. But Bumgarner, five walks, nine strikeouts, and 17 and a third. And he struck out 73 batters in 84 innings after coming off the DL last year with the shoulder injury. San Diego this week, so it could be a get-right week for Bumgarner. He says he's feeling better. The velocity's getting better. But um, are you concerned about Bumgarner right now? This is a big start for him in terms of my perception because I was looking at it before this start. Since the start of the 2017 season, he is a 7.7K per nine and a 4.12 FIP. Now, there's been a lot of extenuating circumstances, but I need to see Madison Bumgarner go out and dominate a bad offense. 
this week? I'm going to say he doesn't. You know, and you know what? You know who didn't dominate a bad offense was Zach Godley. In fact, like it wasn't a bad start. I mean, six and two thirds, two runs, eight strikeouts, but he did walk three Mets. Yeah, he didn't. He may have had the worst start of all three Arizona pitchers this weekend. I don't remember who pitched on. Oh no, Corbin did. Corbin did. Yeah, Corbin definitely did. Yeah, and Corbin has his own issues um, that we may or may not want to get into. I think the interesting thing about well, let's get to Corbin first because that's where I he's the first one who comes up in my notes here. He had 16 swinging strikes, 13 on a slider, so that's very good. But in his last nine starts, which is basically the point, his miles per hour on his fastball dropped a couple miles per hour. Nine starts, he has a 4.42 ERA. Yeah. So the season ERA is up to 3.48. Now, during that same nine-start stretch where he has a 4.42 ERA, he has 62 strikeouts and 53 innings, which is still excellent. So I'm not really sure how to reconcile all that. I Obviously, am, Scott. Lower I've been, velocity. I've been bad. trying to tell. I've been trying to help you guys out, and you just don't want to listen to good old Uncle Adam. Okay, well, what is it, Adam? This is Carlos Carrasco and Patrick Corbin and Masahiro Tanaka. They all have the same problems. They have a bad fastball. They have great breaking pitches. They get a ton of swinging strikes. Swinging strikes. They have a low whip. The only thing they hurt you in is ERA. Because they have a bad fastball. Carlos Carrasco has a bad fastball. Carlos Carrasco's four-seam fastball has been getting crushed each of the last two seasons, according to our own Chris Towers, who is the most skeptical of the Adam Azer theory to begin with. <laughs> Carlos Carrasco is not a fastball pitcher right now. He is throwing – he's a junk baller right now. I'm, wow. Nobody believes me, but this is what's been happening. 95 average on his fastball. He does not throw ball. it enough, and he does not – he does not average 95. Garb, that is absolute garbage. He is okay. He here is, is not averaging the, 95 miles. Adam, per hour. we can reconcile your theory with the facts. He is still throwing 95. Um, no. We like we we measure that. He's not. But I think what it looks like, based on how people are hitting his fastball, is it may have straightened out a little bit. It's I, not as good as it has been in the past, and it hasn't been for the last year and a half. Um, I don't know that the the Adamazer eye radar has accurately the, picked up the, his velocity. The radar gun is picking up his velocity, and he is not throwing. If he throws 95 miles per hour, it is on a fastball that he doesn't throw very often. He might be throwing his two-seamer more, which would explain the difference in velocity. It, bottom line is he's not pitching off of his fastball. He is pitching off of his breaking pitches lately. That is what I noticed. That is what caused me to have a little bit of concern. Everybody laughed at Uncle Adam. I don't know why I keep calling myself <laughs> he that. Has, he has allowed a slugging over 500. On his fastball, but that's four straight years where he's done that. That's not a new development. Well, so it's it's catching that's up. That's a crushing I mean, blow for Uncle Adam. It it is not a good thing. But what I'm saying is, when guys don't have a good fastball, they can still get a ton of swinging strikes, but they can have some bad starts in there uh, because you just yeah. you can't survive without the good fastball. And Carrasco, hey, I'm, the least, to... I'm the least convinced about Carrasco. I am 100 percent convinced that's the case with Tanaka and Corbin right now. Probably. I, I can I can buy that for those two more. And I mean, look, the data shows the fastball has gotten some bad results for Carrasco, so you, you may have a point there too. Uh, but at the same time, like Carrasco, during those four years, Carrasco's been consistently a top 
15 pitcher on a per game basis. So yes. I, I'm not really concerned about him. Okay, fair. So Corbin, we'll see. Godly, what, what I liked about Godly in this start, even though I wish it was better, I wish he didn't have the three walks, obviously. Nine swinging strikes on the curveball alone. So that's two straight starts where that pitch, the key to his breakout last year, has looked like an elite pitch again. I think that's a good thing. All right, I'm going to speed us up here. Um, do you see any fringy starting pitchers that you might want to pick up? I was pretty disappointed in Chase Anderson's start yesterday, although I did not check his velocity, but we've been keeping an eye on that. Well, I don't know how you would check it without watching the game. Uh, you know what? It's a good – you know what? Let me Let me just – we're 56 minutes into the podcast, so not not as many people are going to hear this as I want. But I'm obviously not as I I really believe in data. I really like I'm not anti-data or anything like that. I would like a little bit. I would like people to recognize that we are in the still the beginnings of the data era. And what did Chris say on Friday? Everybody's hard contact rate is up. There might be a measuring problem. Uh, we just changed the way we measure velocity last year. Uh, you know, with it, we're using a different system. At the early stages of StatCast, they were having trouble measuring pop-ups because they were going too high and they couldn't be measured. Sometimes we see balls that are hit so damn far. StatCast measures it at 410 feet or something. People, there's no way it was, it was much bigger than that. The, you guys cannot just accept all the data that's given to you as 100% accurate. Now, it's better than anything else we have, but I know it, and you know it, everybody knows it. It's not 100% accurate. I'm not going to be a slave to this data because it is still flawed and we are still getting better at it. But weren't you citing uh, radar gun readings from the broadcast? Yeah, but I also using my eyes. I'm not an idiot. If you watch Carlos Carrasco pitch, you see the guy is not using his fastball. He is not pitching off his fastball. He is a junk baller right now. That's all I was trying to say. And I didn't watch every second of every pitch of, of, of the two starts that I saw recently. But that's what I noticed. And like I said, he's got six terrible starts this year. There's got to be a reason for that. Now, I'm all I'm saying is like, don't – that's not fair. For me to say that I noticed something with Carlos Carrasco, so let's not look at Chase Anderson's velocity. Like, come on. That's not fair. And that's just discrediting me for no reason. I I wasn't saying that. You were kind of saying that without saying that either. I just said – okay. So <laughs> – Yes. Anyway, Where did Chase Anderson come up? I was saying that we were talking about his velocity at his last start, and I don't, which was very good, and then he was which terrible was on Sunday, blip. and I don't know what yeah, his velocity was. Lower velocity. Yeah. Was it slower okay, on Sunday? Sorry, I, I missed the Chase Anderson connection here. That's okay. Um, yeah. No, Uncle Adam is just trying to help everybody. That's all. Uh, just, I was just saying. Pitches. My my point was, you you just went on a rant about how we can't just. Be a slave and trust Carlos Carrasco's velocity from the data. We've got to watch. But then you said Chase Anderson was bad, but I haven't checked his velocity. Hey, look, if I could, so if I, I could watch saying, every game, you, you I would. But I you can't. can't trust that. If I could watch every game, I would, but I can't. So, so yes, the only thing I have to go off of is what the it was what Brooks Baseball says. His velocity was down a little bit, but yeah, it was down a little bit. He wasn't good. Any pitchers you guys want to pick up? Castillo's still out there. He's seventy six percent owned. He continues to be bad. Yeah, um, he shouldn't be. Sh- I I still own Luis Castillo everywhere I invested in him. And Steve, if he's available in one of my leagues, I'd pick him up. Stephen Wright is sixty nine percent owned. Thoughts? Uh, I mean, I I think he's I think he's definitely usable. He's not to the point where I'm starting him in a one start week, so I don't know that sixty nine is too low. But I, I could, I could see him continuing to contribute. 
Okay, I'll give out some more names. Uh, Kevin Gossman, 67% owned. He will be at Washington this week. I don't trust him in tough matchups. No, that's the yeah, problem at Washington. I, I think he's probably a little bit underowned. I think he should be owned in more leagues than Stephen Wright. But yep. I'm, I can't say go grab him because you're going to play him this week. You can't start him this week. You know who I pre-dropped? I pre-dropped Fernando Romero. That means one more bad start and you're out of here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he's on thin ice? He's on thin ice. He's only had three quality starts and nine starts for Fernando Romero. And, uh, I, you just, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, uh, fully, I don't fully trust him. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I don't, I don't think he's done enough to earn hard trust. And, you know, the ERA is not great. The FIP's not great. It's not like he's, has a Luis Castillo-like swinging strike rate. So I think that's fair. And, uh, Danny Duffy was bad, but you weren't gonna start him against Houston. So you're not gonna start him at Houston this week. Uh, Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler. One of the more interesting guys, Zach, Zach Eflin. Do you want a Zach, guys? I, I would not. rather have Zach Wheeler than Zach Eflin. For sure. How about I Kyle don't. Gibson and Clayton? Sorry, Scott. How about Kyle Gibson and Clayton Richard? I would own Kyle Gibson more than either of the Zachs and more than Clayton Richard. Clayton Richard and Zach Wheeler are pretty close to me, to be perfectly honest, which is meant to be a comment on both of them. Clayton Richards probably better than people think he is. Zach Wheeler's probably worse. Okay. And then I will just say Mike Miner, with your RP eligibility, you're back on the radar. You're I am pre adding Mike Miner. Mm. I think it's a good choice. He's twenty two percent owed. I've been pretty I've been pretty underwhelmed with Mike Miner since that first month when it seemed like he was underachieving. Uh it seems like his effectiveness not talking about the actual results, but the numbers underlying them have kind of gone the wrong direction. And this start over the weekend was versus Colorado outside of course field, so bad lineup. And he only had nine swinging strikes. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not I mean there are only so many sparps out there, but I'd rather have Joe Musgrove and I'd rather have Domingo Armand. And I like every pitcher on that list, I think I'd rather add Shane Bieber then. Uh-huh. Okay. And what did we learn today, folks? You can't trust data unless you have no choice. (laughs) There we go. All right, for Scott and Heath, I'm Adam. Uncle Adam is out of here. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody.